Hello, and welcome back to the Christ Loving Wife Podcast. This is your host, Emily Stanton, and today I'm going to be answering Wife Talk Wednesday questions. Oh my goodness, girlfriend. She might be a little vocal. She's not feeling the best, but we're going to crank out this episode anyways, and I'm sure the majority of my listeners are mamas, so they will understand. <laughs> and so, to start and go right ahead, number one, how do you handle disrespectful comments on your posts? I would say that things have definitely gotten easier over time. They were really difficult the first six months, especially because a lot of the backlash that I got was from friends that I had that didn't like how vocal I was being. They didn't like how against the grain I was being with gender role issues and um, women staying home and tending to their families. So that was probably the most dis- or the most difficult part is knowing that my friends were talking about me and saying really rude things to me. That was that was really difficult to start with. But as for the other comments that people sent in, I still get those, especially every now and then I have a post that really blows up and I'll get messages, I'll get tagged and things, I'll get rude comments, but something Annalise posted from in her stories, this is from Feminine Not Feminist, she had shared that when she gets a disrespectful comment or something of the nature, she'll ask yourself, is it true? And if it is, great, there's room to grow. If it's not true, then let it roll off your shoulders. Just move on. When it comes to where are my boundaries for blocking people, I do have a highlight on my on my page that addresses what will get you blocked. And that is one, if you are um, blaspheming the name of God, I try and have a platform where I allow people to express their thoughts, express their differences of opinions. I think that's really healthy for people to do. We don't want people to cancel culture us Christians, and as Christians we don't want to cancel culture other beliefs, but we do want to speak truth and speak it boldly, but we don't want to just block out anything to our ears that is different than what we believe. That's not going to help communication at all or reaching people. But I do have some guidelines, and one is if you are blaspheming the name of my Lord and Savior, if you are uh, just disrespecting my God, then that will get you blocked. If you are repeatedly being rude to other people, I've had a number of times where someone is going through and commenting on all of my posts, and they will just stalk me for a few days and comment on other people's responses and just harass others. When it comes to my posts, I don't really care, but when they're harassing my followers, I will give them a warning. I will say, this is your last warning. You need to stop harassing people or you will get blocked, and then if they do it again, I do block them. And then the third thing is if people are disrespectful to my my husband. I have had people just go way, way out of line with things that they'll say about him, and that's just a clear line for me, that if you're going to disrespect my husband, you're out of here. With most of those cases, I do give them a one-time warning if it is to that level. If they say something like, maybe your husband doesn't love you, I'm not going to block them for that. But if they say really crude or things that are like of the abusive nature about my husband, I will block them for those things because I don't want anything to ever escalate. Number two, breathing my baby at the end of the month. Fear is creeping in. Any tips? 
So in my last episode, I talked about labor pains, so I won't touch on that again because you can always go back to my last episode on Wife Talk Wednesday, and I spoke of just different labor pain techniques that I did, and I know some other ladies have done. So in this moment, I will just focus on how to address the fears creeping in when your baby is coming. Number one, it is completely normal to have those fears creeping in for every baby that you have, not just your first baby. Um, I'm not sure if this is your first or not, but if it is, just so you know, it's going to happen with every baby. But a few days before, sometimes even just the day of or the week of, your body kind of hits a hormonal switch, and most people will say that you are ready for labor when you are not caring anymore about the pain that's going to (laughs) come. You know, for a lot of the end of your pregnancy, you are nervous, you are thinking, man, this is so uncomfortable, soon I'm going to have to go through all of those labor pains, and and it's just going to be so painful. But then, right before you have your baby, you kind of hit this hormonal switch where you are like, I don't care. I want to have this baby. Sometimes it's the mentality of, I want to hold this baby. I am so eager and dying to meet this baby, and sometimes it's just a... I don't want to feel this pregnant anymore. Get this baby out of me. <laughs> Either one, it's usually meaning that your baby's coming soon. Not always. I mean, sometimes you're in that mode for like a month. But regardless, my point is that's normal. It will change. It will switch. And even if it doesn't, what I would encourage you to do is have a worship playlist, number one, to turn on when those fears are creeping in. Number two, have verses written out that would either pertain to labor or verses that would pertain to um, the Lord being our strength and our helper, our mighty fortress on whom we can rely. There are so many scripture passages that I wrote out and I taped to my bedroom door so I could read those from time to time when I was struggling. And then lastly, I would say have sisters in Christ and your husband pray over you regularly. So my husband and I pray before bed every night and we would pray over my labor a lot the whole pregnancy but specifically the last month or so we prayed every night over the over the labor in particular and I would encourage you to have sisters in your church whether it's at a bible study or whether it's um just a ladies group chat have them praying over you regularly with you and when you're not even present next question are your parents married and believers so Both of my parents are actually previously divorced, and then they got married and had me. So I have eight siblings total, where I'm one of eight. Um, Four are my mom's previous marriage. One is my dad's previous marriage. Two are adopted. Right? Yeah, and then I'm them too. (laughs) Sorry. See, we all grew up under the same roof, though. My parents got married. Um when a lot of my siblings were still young. My oldest sibling was 18, I think she was. Yeah, and so she, maybe she was six, no, she was 18. And so she technically was out of the house, but everybody else was um, still living under the same roof. So, no, I think she was 16. Anyways, regardless. (laughs) So we all grew up under the same roof and I don't ever think of them at all as my half siblings. We are all really close. We all call mom and dad, mom and dad. We don't, um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing family and I love them so much. And yes, they are both believers. They got married and had me 23 years ago. Uh, they had me a year after they got married. 
And yeah, they are an amazing couple. They have a pregnancy crisis resource center and a biblical counseling center. They are directors of a jail ministry. My dad is a pastor who had just started a church two years ago now. Uh, they are very involved in the community and the churches surrounding them. Wonderful couple. I was very blessed to be uh, raised up in such a godly home and a home that catechized me with the scriptures. We weren't reformed then, but the way in which my parents raised me were, and <laughs> that they really taught me the scriptures, they taught me truth, they were completely faithful to have me attend every service and sent me to a Christian school. So yes, they are married together now, and they are, yes, very strong believers. Question number four, have you noticed any differences yet in raising your daughters versus your son? Believe it or not, even though she's only three months, yes, I have. <laughs> First thing is that, one, their cries are so different. It was adorable. There was times when she, in her first week after being born that I would honestly just let her cry and just stare at her because it was adorable. She had this cute, like, ah, ah, kind of cry. It was so adorable. I mean, now it's pretty ear-pitching or ear-piercing, high pitch. It something I did not experience with our son. He did not have such a high pitch of a scream when he really wanted to get going. So their cries are very different. Um, let's see, what, what else is different? She's, so I don't know if this is specifically gender. Well, one thing I would say that I think is more gender is that she's a lot more shy, girly, flirty, kind of. For instance, whenever Will will look at her and smile or say, hi, sissy, she will like tuck her head into her shoulder <laughs> and give the cutest little smile and bat her eyes. I mean, she's three months old and she could steal any boy's heart. It is adorable. As for other differences between them, I don't know if this is gender specific or why. It could be. I don't know. But my daughter is way more clingy than my son by a long shot. So with Asaph, he was a very, very independent baby. Even at a couple months old, he did not want to sleep with me. He was independent in everything, and he still is. I mean, I can't keep my eyes off of him for a second when we go somewhere new. It does not matter where we are or how many people are there. He will run off on his own and find his own things to do. So he was very independent. My daughter, on the other hand, is very, very clingy. I was so thankful for the Nalakai slings that I got, the ring slings, so I can strap her to me all the time because that's the only way I can do things. She won't sleep without me. We are finally getting to the stage where I can get her milk drunk enough to where she will allow me to just have some time in the evening with Will to just relax with him, watch a movie or something like that so I can get her to fall asleep and put her on the couch, but... The first few months, my goodness, that was not even an option. She was and is very clingy. But to be honest, I really don't mind. Other than the first few months when it was hard to have alone time with Will without her strapped to me. I felt like I couldn't even hug my husband without her strapped to me. But other than that, I really don't mind having her strapped to me or having her needing to be held. She's not a cluster feeder, so I don't feel overstimulated in that sense. If anything, I just feel very thankful because Asaph was, had really nothing wanting to do with me when it came to cuddling. 
And so I remember taking pictures at like five months, six months or so. It was definitely under six months. And I would send it to my sisters every time he wanted to snuggle with me. And that's for like a five-month-old baby. And I was like, he wants to be with me. It was just weird. But she she's the opposite, and I'm thankful for the snuggles. It makes me love her a lot and makes me feel really close to her. Number five, or question number five. What have you learned about yourself since becoming a mother? Number one, how selfish I am. Number two, how much I idolize my marriage. And number three, how impatient I can be. Um, I didn't even write those down. Those are just really quick and clear to come to my head. I think one for the selfish part is that when you are a mother, you have to put down what you're doing a lot to help your children. <laughs> if your baby's hungry, you got to put down the dishes to nurse. If your child is needing help getting something off of the bookshelf, you need to put down what you're doing and go help him. All sorts of stuff. It's it's constantly a giving of yourself. It's constant even like with sleep. You know, when you're pregnant, you are lacking with good sleep. When you're nursing, you're lacking with good sleep. And then even when you're not nursing, your children will get up before you, guaranteed it. <laughs> so it is definitely a self, or even specifically recently with uh, going to a new church, it's been at times difficult to connect to other mamas because my son is constantly running off and I have to ditch conversations to go fetch him. So it's... Definitely a giving of your own desires to raise up your children. But it's okay. Let me tell you, it is 100% worth it. When it comes to idolizing your marriage, I don't know that this is going to be a struggle for every couple, but I realized very quickly how much I idolized my husband and time with my husband and how frustrated I would get with our son when he was first born at the lack of alone time I had with Will and the ability to do fun things with Will all sorts of stuff, I just realized quickly that I had a false idol of my marriage and what I wanted it to be, what I expected of Will, what I expected of our marriage to make me feel, and such. And then, lastly, the patient part. Especially the more kids you have, I am learning that there are going to be a lot more chaotic moments and a lot more stress and loud noises. And sometimes when one baby gets screaming, the other one picks up on it and starts screaming. And it can make it to where you yourself are crying on the kitchen floor. <laughs> so definitely growing in patience, growing in selflessness, and growing in trusting the Lord with my marriage. And the Lord has done abundantly more than I could ask or, mar- ask or imagine because our marriage has only grown and blossomed and is way more beautiful and healthy since having kids. What's wrong, baby girl? Oh. Last question. What would your idea of a perfect date with your husband be in this season? Well, we've only been away from our kids, I think, three times in over a year and a half. And that's just for maybe an hour or two. I think the longest we've gone is maybe four hours. Yeah, and since moving to this new state, there are so many lovely people at this church that I know if we were in an emergency situation, I would be more than happy to trust them to take our children when we were like in the hospital or something like that, or if you know, we needed to, for whatever reason, had an emergency situation. But 
when it comes to just feeling comfortable to just up and ask somebody right now to babysit our kids. I don't know that I would feel comfortable just asking that of somebody right now. So I think probably my idea of a perfect date that's maybe not feasible right now would be, yeah, having somebody watch our kids for a few hours and then, which is also probably not feasible since it's almost winter, is probably going swimming. <laughs> I love swimming with my husband. We have a lot of fun wrestling in the water and just sunbathing and talking and it's nice because you can't have your phones in the water. So it removes the temptation for both of us to just waste time on our phones. Another one is we really like going putt-putt together, playing putt-putt golf. I like doing that as an idea of a perfect date. Um, going for a hike, that's really fun. We The first time we ever had anybody babysit our firstborn, he was a little over a month old, and Will and I, this is going to sound really silly probably to a lot of you, but we just didn't know what to do. We were just so excited to have time alone. So we went into the woods and threw sticks at each other. And we played a game to see if we could hit one another with the sticks at a certain distance. It was silly, but it's a really core, it's a core memory for me now. And yeah, so I think probably hiking or swimming or playing putt-putt, something like that would be my idea of a perfect date in the season. But with kids, I mean, oh, baby. Oh, honey. Oh, my other son just woke up. Sounds like I'm going to be wrapping this one up. Uh, both my kids are a little sick right now, so they uh, need a little extra attention, and that's okay. So, yeah, when it comes to bringing our kids on dates, that really can be done with anything, wherever. So, that, yeah, that's always fun to do as well. I am a little distracted now thinking of what I need to get done before my son wakes all the way up, so I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, go ahead and leave a review on this podcast that will be extremely helpful to boosting this podcast to other people's pages as well as if you want to in the review section I think it is under this episode you can share what you would like me to talk about next to my episodes so I hope you all have a good rest of your day and enjoy the Lord enjoy his creation and bless your family bye-bye